This episode is dedicated to Tani Toshiaki, Yelena Mandenberg, Akio Fields, and Jay for becoming our newest Southpaw supporters and helping to make this project possible. Hello everyone, and welcome to our inaugural episode of Pride Never Die. It's your personal confidant and friendly neighborhood host, Karian, and today I am joined by the best possible guest I could have asked for to start this show off. She is a true pioneer in LGBTQ combat sports and athletics in general, the first trans MMA fighter in the game, and a fierce defender of trans rights everywhere. She is the Queen of Swords, Fallon Fox. Thank you so much for joining me today, Fallon. It is truly an honor to have you on the show. Hey, thank you for having me on the show today. I really appreciate it. Would you like to introduce yourself or anything about yourself to uh, some of our listeners if they might not be familiar? Any of the, I imagine most of them will be. Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Fallon Fox. I'm a retired professional MMA fighter and trans activist. Let's see, I began training in around 2007 in jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and um, trained in that for a little while. Then I moved on to Muay Thai, trained in that for about like eight months, mm-hmm. then moved to an MMA gym and started training okay. there. And um, I first had my first amateur fight back in 2011, I think. And I had three amateur fights, professional. Then I started in professional MMA in 2012. And uh, my record is 6-1-0. and zero. One of the first fighters, like one of the first questions I wanted to have for you is um, how would you describe your like style as a fighter and how much of your personality do you think you kind of um, come at that from? Like when you're fighting, how much of your personality comes through in that? Huh. That's a good question. Um, I suppose I like to describe my style. I've never been asked this question before. So <laughs> um, I suppose I like to describe it as intelligently aggressive. Okay. I guess my personality is attached to the way I approach a fight because, you know, um, in the late part of my career, I was both battling my opponents and, you know, the crowd mm-hmm. at the same time. You know, so my personality really comes out uh, when I'm fighting because um, I'm not the kind of person that likes to give up. Mm-hmm. And that's just what my career has been. It's just been a, a lot of just, you know, not giving up. So just aggressively, you know, um, fighting and in, in, in an intelligent way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of forward movement, a lot of putting pace on people, but also being aware of where you're at and kind of controlling that aggression in a way. And, you know, knowing how to use it as a tool and not let something like that uh, kind of, like, can't really lose yourself in that aggression. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, especially when you're out there and people are saying, like, hateful, bigoted things. It's like, I can't, mm-hmm. like, just, like, jump out of the cage and start fighting the crowd. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. You have to find, like, a good way to somehow yeah. funnel that. Yeah, and you can't get too aggressive or you just lose all your technique, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think 
a lot of your career is very, um, you know, it's always going to be very unique just being a trans woman and being someone that has to deal with that and deal with all the bigoted, like, bigoted things that are, you know, being said. And it's kind of like in pro wrestling and stuff, they have, you know, heels that the crowd is supposed to hate and you end up like inhabiting that character and kind of using it to inform like how you're going to behave but you almost get forced into that from some of the bigotry that can come in from MMA culture and things like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely can put you in that uh, category as, you know, someone who's looked at as a heel, mm-hmm. or supposedly, if you're trans in MMA. Yes. Speaking on that, I would like to move on to another question that I had for you, which was that as a trans woman and specifically like the first trans woman competing in your sport it always feels like there is a pressure that's on you to represent your entire community and to be this model um coming in and i was wondering what it felt like for you to feel like you had that kind of like weight on your shoulders coming into something as the first um, trans woman to compete and get all of that attention um, I su- I suppose for a while it was a pretty heavy thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the only prominent transgender athlete that was out there competing at that time. So right. all the eyes were on me, you know, mm-hmm. and I felt like I couldn't screw up anything because there was a lot riding on me. You know, the whole trans community was riding on me, I think, mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, but now there's just so many transgender out- uh, athletes that are out there competing so the focus really isn't on just one athlete in particular, which I think helps others out in the future. But yeah, it was like a lot of weight and a lot of responsibility to have to to take um, on. And I felt like I had to, like, you know, um, watch what I said. <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like sometimes um, in certain groups, even within the queer community, um, something that gets kind of ignored or sometimes even blatantly like called false um, as the idea that you have a stacking effect on you of being confronted with not only homophobia, but also white supremacy. And, you know, black trans athletes in particular are always going to have more of like the brunt of just that hatred and that um, like vitriol. And I was also wondering if you felt like some of the negativity you received from the MMA community was also related to the fact that you are a black trans woman. Mm. Yeah, that's also another good question. I'm not sure about how much of the hatred I got was from racism. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think there are challenges that LGBTQ people of color face as athletes. Um, Heck, even cisgender women of color get a bad yeah, right because of their ethnicity, you know? They often people often say that black women are managed in sports anyway. So I think mm-hmm. this carries over to transgender women of color. I think that if I didn't happen to be black, I would have still faced bigotry. Yeah. You know, because I was the only uh trans person in sports. Right. I um but being black just adds another layer to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those things where it gives the people that already had some of that hatred in them a little bit more of like a sort of excuse. 
you know, like an excuse and like a bravery to, you know, actually speak up when they feel like they have even more leverage over someone. They feel like they have even more power in the situation. Um, It's definitely, I definitely think, you know, people, people who are transphobic are always going to be transphobic, no matter if it's a white person, black person, Asian, it doesn't matter to them. Um, But I do think that's just so much more weight as well that, that's something that it's really hard to deal with. And I think I always get really disappointed in white queer communities when I don't hear people thinking about that. And they think of their own struggles as always, you know, inherently the hardest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think the LGBT community and trans folks in particular stand to gain from learning about and participating in martial arts and combat sports? Hmm. I think the LGBTQ community can learn about assertiveness and self-defense from combat sport. You see, most LGBTQ people are scared to join into combat sports because of how misogynistic, homophobic, and transphobic the space is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I think. So I think, I think assertiveness and, and self-defense is, like, missing in our communities. That's something, like, we should, like, have, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and it's just... One more reason why I got into combat sports is because I felt that that was lacking in our community. I felt like, like I just didn't want to be a person who, you know, didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So I joined martial arts in part, in part to fulfill that. So, yeah, that's certainly something that I feel as well as, um, I actually started training before I um, realized a lot of things about myself and realized I was trans and realized I was gay and things like that. And, um, after I had realized that, that was one of those things where I had already had some of these skills. And that's something that I really think is important for me to try to do with that, is to try to spread the skills I was able to gain and still have into the community and try to give people a way to come into combat sports in a way where they don't feel like they're going to run into that pressure and all of that bigotry and hatred and everything else that seems like it's so ingrained in a lot of the martial arts com- like community, especially in America right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's certainly something that's really important for our community. It's especially important for trans women, I think. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, women have it bad, like just walking outside at night, you know, mm-hmm. you feel like insecure. And I felt that, you know, really insecure when I would step out at night and just scared of like, you know, if someone were to attack me and what would I do? And, you know, jumping at the, at the slightest sound at night. Um, but now, like, it's still totally the opposite. Like, I don't even worry about it as much as I used to. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, like that's real empowerment to feel, you know, um, actually secure in your ability to just live your life without feeling like you're always in danger. Yeah. And then you already said that, you know, this is part of the reason you got into combat sports, but I already wanted to ask you, um, what exactly enticed you about combat sports and MMA in particular that made you want to be a competitor? Oh, let's see. Um, what enticed me? A lot of it was uh, was looking at all of the other women MMA fighters that were out there. The Gina Carano, Rosie Sexton, Julie Kedzie. It was like people like that who inspired me. Gina Carano before she turned right wing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just seeing uh. them compete and like how, how it empowered them 
and I wanted to be just like them, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I remember when I, when I first went to my first MMA gym, there were women there who were punching, punching bags and, you know, kicking and sparring. And they were just like really tough women, like engaged in a really aggressive sport. Yeah. And I wanted to be just like them. And yeah, yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I think um, I think that's a very um, common thing that draws a lot of women into combat sports is getting to see those competitors and getting to see the way that they carry themselves and the way that they can push through adversity and still come off as you know still feminine and still the same um, same exact amount of a woman still even though still competing. And I think that's another good thing for. Um, trans women in particular to see which is one of the reasons why i was you know always so glad that you did compete as um i think a lot of trans women have this idea sometimes where you view um like the feminine way of life as always being soft always being you know a more like fragile thing and i think it's important for trans women to realize that they don't have to try to embody that at all times that being a strong woman is still being a woman oh yeah Oh yeah, I had I had this idea before I started training that like from society mm-hmm. that you know in order to be accepted as a woman I couldn't do anything like combat sports or anything like that you know like yeah I, I enjoyed combat sports pre-transition um, mm-hmm. watching the first UFC fights that came out like you know back in was it the nineties or whatever yeah all of that kind of like left my mind for a long period of time. Um, especially when I transitioned, I thought that I would never be able to do that before. Cause I, you know, you would never be accepted, mm-hmm. you know, but like I said, I saw all those other women competing and found out that like, you know, Hey, if they're women and they're doing the same, they're doing the sport, then why can't I do this and be a woman and do the same sport? You know? Right. What do you think it's going to take to really shift the way the media talks about trans women in particular in sports? Um, how can we get past the accusations of unfair advantages and start to be seen as individuals with our own sets of skills and traits outside of being a trans woman? Mm, I think it's going to take um, a lot of education on the issue of transgender women in sports. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be, it's going to take, um, more transgender athletes coming out as themselves. Yeah. It's similar to like the um, entertainment industry, how like, you know, some actors came out as trans, you know, with Pose, before Pose, and then like, you know, more came out with Pose. And people are, are like accepting trans women in the entertainment industry for it's a similar mm-hmm. thing. We just need more visible visibility for trans women to be normalized in sports. And uh, that way, as time goes on, hopefully trans women in sports aren't looked at as being odd. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and as, as there are more trans women in sports, people will see our records and they'll notice that we aren't winning everything. Right. Like, you know, there's no unfair advantages. You know, the more of us that come out and compete, I think people will see that. Mm-hmm. Um, how much do you think that having more trans representation in media as well might also affect that? If like we have more trans journalists and more trans women that are covering these sports as well? Yeah, I think that'll help also because like when you have transgender women in the media room, and I'm not a media person, but mm-hmm. I would think that like 
having trans people in the room will help that situation because they can counter, you know, mm-hmm. and say, hey, mention to the editor or whatever that, like, you know, this isn't the right way to handle the situation. You know what I right. mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I think it's still going to take a lot of time for those trans women to be respected enough by their editors and stuff to be taken seriously at some points. Yeah. Um, but I also think there's going to be just a little bit more of a ability to have media that's ran by trans people and for trans people that might not necessarily um, start, you know, educating people at first, but as it becomes a bigger thing and other people start to find it, it might be a good way to also educate some cis people um, about what trans lives are actually like. Yeah, totally. Do you still keep up with the sport currently? And if so, how hard is it for you to navigate some of the toxic parts of the fan culture as a fan? <laughs> well, <laughs> me and MMA have a, compl- have a complicated relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, MMA is a passion. And it helped me get, helped me get to the shape um, and the person that I am today. But, you know, much of MMA's fan base, include, including prominent members like the Rogans and mm-hmm. Rouseys and the Dana Whites, are against my entire existence, let alone my participation in the sport. Right. So I try to, like, stay away from most MMA-related stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? especially websites nowadays because of their fan base. I don't like looking at the comments. <laughs> yeah. That many UFC fights lately, mm-hmm. um, mostly other promotions. And I really don't even know like some of the big, bigger names that are out there in the sport right now because of all this, but I'm starting to get back into it. So also, do you have a favorite fighter um, throughout history or who's currently competing that you like to watch and also, I'm interested in hearing if you have, like, a favorite technique as well. <laughs> um, really, I don't really have a favorite fighter that I follow right now. Mm-hmm. At least not one that's active. Yeah. All of my favorite fighters are, like, old school. Like, the old yeah. school. Like, many of them are retired. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to invest my heart into, like, new fighters because I don't know where they stand on transgender athletes competing in the sport. Yeah. I like invest (laughs) (laughs) feelings in this fighter. They're going to be like, Oh, Fallon Fox, you know, right. Like competed. So I don't really have favorite, but I think my favorite technique that I like to see would be, that would be probably knees to the face. (laughs) Okay. Because I I got so many KOs with that one. And I like to see people like get that, get that Mm -hmm. off. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where when you have a lot of wins or something with, you know, a certain uh, tool of your arsenal, when you see other people use it um, successfully, it almost has like a kind of respect that you end up having for them. Yeah, for sure. Thank you once again for listening to Pride Never Die. And thank you for being here and speaking with me today, Fallon. Um, Do you have anything coming up that you would like to let our audience know about? Yeah, um, let's see. Uh, there, there's a biopic in the work about my life, which is pretty cool. Don't know when that's going to be released yet, but, <laughs> you know, stay tuned for that. Yeah, keep your also, eye on it. Keep your eye on it. And also follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can join my Facebook fan page also. So, yeah, little plugs for that. Everyone, yes, go follow Fallon. 
just support transgender athletes in general. And for so. sure, if you're a transgender athlete out there who's, com- who's considering the move into mixed martial arts, do so. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of, of opportunity here, I think. Mm-hmm. You'll see some uh, amazing up thing, amazing things coming up here soon. I can't talk about, but... <laughs> Yes, I, I definitely think that um, more trans people that are interested in mixed martial arts and in martial arts in general and combat sports, if you like boxing, if you like kickboxing, if you like jujitsu, um, move into it and start trying to train with it. Um, find someone that you feel comfortable training with and get into it. Um, you know, the only way we're going to have more trans fighters is if we start fighting. Right on. Once again... This is Karian saying thank you for tuning in, and please don't forget to support the Southpaw Project on Patreon. Your support is the only way we can continue to do what we do and provide the inclusive, wholesome content you crave. I will see you again soon on Pride Never Die. <laughs> <laughs>